and welcome back to another episode of De Stefano Talks, talking Scottish football, and this is episode number 19. We are one episode away from episode 20, obviously, but I, I feel like that's like a, when we hit episode 10, I was like, this is a this is a good milestone to reach for. So the fact we've, we've made 20 episodes is uh, I'm quite happy. Uh, joining me on the show today, as always, is Lewis. Lewis, how you doing? Yeah, not too bad, Stefan. Yourself? I'm... <laughs> Meh, uh, meh. Good way to um, it. Also on the show is everyone's favourite doppelganger, Adam Kennedy. Adam, how you doing? I'm very well, thank you, Stefan. Delighted to to be back on, so thank you very much for that. Um, I hope you appreciated my, my intro this week compared to the one I, I gave you last week. I hope it's a, a little bit less um, offensive. Yeah, it is a little bit less insulting. It's, uh, it's a decent start, so... To be honest, I was just hoping that uh, I could make up from my performance last week because I, I, I didn't feel as though I did too well. But obviously, you've invited me back, so I must have done something right. Yes, mate, I, th- I think you did well. I didn't see any tweets from people or anything like that. People people seem to be happy with your performance. So, um, eh, unlike Celtic this season, you've, you, you've performed well. Uh, obviously, speaking about Celtic, we are here to recap all the weekend's action across the Scottish Premiership. Uh, a lot of games went on, a lot of surprising results. Let's start off with probably the most surprising result, St Mirren versus Hamilton. Just before that game kicked off, you seen it was on the fixture list. Lewis, w- what did you think about it? Like, yeah, you, you should it? say, surprise result, but I've seen a way. At the same time, i seen Aki's were winning, and we're at the end of the season, they're screaming for survival, and I was thinking, they're going to do it again, aren't they? <laughs> I know they're still bottom, but they seem to just be picking up these results. I know St Mirren. Obviously, they've got a cup semi-final sorry, next week to think of, and I think they did rest a few players ahead of this one, but it was still quite a strong team, you know, some decent players in there. But again, Aki's just pulling through with with the one that could be crucial, but that, that was to see in the coming weeks if it if it means it. What about yourself, Adam? What did you think? Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty surprised, but like Lewis says, it's not all that surprising. Um, Aki's, I mean, I, I've just been adamant since about October that this was finally the year that Aki's would go down. And yet here we are, they've churned out this result and now I'm starting to, to doubt myself. It's as though it's just completely flipped on its head with one win. Like, I don't know how they do it. It seems to just be some big grand illusion because um, I know they're only three points, I think it is, off County in 10th now. So with the goal difference, could could well rise up um, and haul themselves remarkably to safety despite the fact that I feel as though it's been an inevitability that they will be relegated. Um, let's look at the game then uh, and give it context. Callahan strikes again. Could Saints have done better? Well, it was a really sort of powerful strike from... Oh, no, no, that's the wrong one. Sorry, I was thinking the other goal. No, Callahan's goal. Um, a wee bit the defending. A wee bit poor, you know... The, I think it's the ball in from Hodgson this one, isn't it? So... Mm-hmm. I suppose you can always say the marking with the with these sort of things, you know, he's sort of free and able to wrap his foot around it and pick out it seemed to be going in sort of slow motion. So with these sort of goals, you always think maybe they could be picking up with the with the marking in the box and it could have been slightly a bit different. What about yourself, Adam? Yeah, I'd go along with that, particularly when it appears as though he's sort of Aki's main goal threat. To me, mm-hmm. he just looks like a kind of classic case of a player that's sort of had to go around the houses, if you like, to, to get to where he is. He seems really settled at Aki's and is probably enjoying the best season of his career, if, if we're being if we're being honest. So yeah. I think it became apparent kind of when he got his move from Wraith to Hearts that 
he'd have to fall down a couple rungs in the ladder if you like so it's it's good to, to see that he's found his feet but obviously St Mirren didn't feel as though he needed marking mm. yeah, it was a strange one why they, they never marked him considering he's he's been on a good goal scoring form what about the second goal then for Moyo it was a bit of a an interesting one the, you, I, I don't know I was I was surprised by it what about yourself Lewis? It's very much a strange one, you know. It's a, again another one. It's even more slow motion. It seems to just hit off him, and you're looking at it thinking, surely that's not winning. It sort of trickles over the line, you know. Those ones, I mean, are so tough for sort of goalkeepers because you're going one way and then you sort of need to jump the other. So mm. I say it's a bit unfortunate in that sense. But see, when you're in that sort of battle down the bottom of the league, that's exactly the sort of luck that Hamilton need. Aye. Uh, what about yourself, Adam? Could could St. Uh, St. Mirren have done that better? There was a defender chasing. Could he have sped up a little bit? What's your thoughts? Potentially. Um, I just feel as though Moyle's goal is, is one of the luckiest I've seen in any league sort of all season long. Um, I don't even think he knows anything about it. I, I'm sort of looking at it wondering if he's assuming that Bruce Anderson's initial effort is kind of going wide, so he feels as though he's got to sort of get something on it. Um. I don't know, it, it was just very bizarre and like you say, it just had that sort of trickling feeling. It did just seem apparent as though it was going to take forever to eventually nestle into the uh, into the bottom corner. Mm. I, I was, it was a strange one to see. I was, um, when I watched sports scene, I was like, oh, it's not a goal you, you see often. Um, but as Lou said, it's a goal that Hamilton will, will gladly take. I mean, any team would take a goal, but... They'll take it in their, their circumstances. Um, St Mirren got a bit of a fight back uh, with McGrath. Uh, you know, it was a thunder strike into the 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 back of the net. Um, what, what was your thoughts on it? Do, do you think maybe St Mirren can, can claw this back and, and at least take a draw from it, Lewis? Yeah, well, that was the sort of one I mentioned first. I got a bit mixed up. But it's a great strike from McGrath. You know, he absolutely smashes it home and sort of... When it's coming to that pace, and the goalkeeper sometimes can be blindsided by the defenders, he's sort of got no chance in the way, and he's got he's got this opportunity to just run on it, and he's absolutely smashed it away. But at that point, I think Hamilton fans must have been nervous wrecks thinking about this. You know, you wouldn't want to squander that lead, and maybe other opposition fans have been cheering on St. Mirren, but they've held on, they've got that three points, and it could be crucial come the end of the season. What were yourself, Adam? What did you think of the goal? Yeah, I thought it was a, a fantastic strike. Um, Jamie McGrath just seems to be totally carrying St Mirren. Um, I'm a fan of the job that, that Jim Goodwin's doing. I think he's recruited really well. But when I look at St Mirren, I don't feel as though they've got a striker to, to really depend upon to kind of get double figures. So I think Jamie McGrath's their top scorer. Um, and it's a real rarity for kind of a midfielder to be as, as free-scoring as he is um, and to be prolific as he has. And it's no surprise that, you know, there's a couple clubs um, keeping tabs on them, let's say. Let's move on. Dundee United versus Ross County. Ross County, you know, trying to, to avoid the drop this season. Uh, it was a brilliant first goal from them and, and Jordan White. W- w- what did you think of that? Yeah, again, so, uh, this was a wee bit of a... I wouldn't say, again, I wouldn't really say a surprise result because, you know, Ross County, they're sort of up and down. But when I seen they went 2-0, I was a wee bit surprised at that so early on, you know, when it was a... A good goal from John White, a good header, some good work down the left-hand side and a great cross into the box and he sort of heads it back to uh, back to where it came from. So it's definitely the sort of goal you'd expect from a striker like John White. Mm. What about yourself, Adam? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not all that surprised by the result. I, I kind of am because I was sort of anticipating Dundee United to kind of keep building momentum ahead of their, their Scottish Cup semi-final. But ultimately, when you sort of 
take everything into consideration, uh, County are the only ones really with an incentive to play for because United, what's the real prize money between sort of seventh and ninth? Um, so again, surprised that they haven't been able to keep that momentum going. And for Jordan White, again, you know of the aerial sort of presence that he possesses. I think it's a tidy ball through from from Michael Gardine to find Blair Spittle. Brilliant ball in for him. And, you know, if you give him the sufficient service, he's certainly proved that he, he is a threat. Mm. No, definitely. What about County's second goal? Jakovic grabbed the second, but should the United be doing better defensively? I definitely think that's the case, you know, especially the man who should be picking up it looks like it's Mark Reynolds, so with an experienced defender like him, you expect him to be picking up his man, not losing him sort of at the back post, because that's just disappointing to see goals like that, even though they might not have much to play for, they've still got sort of semi-final places to play for next week, you know, they, they can't just let things go, so when you see you sort of marking like that from such an experienced player, you think uh, United would be very disappointed. Yeah, what about yourself, Adam? Uh, Lewis touched on the experience of uh, Mark Reynolds. Do, do you agree with, with that? No, definitely. He, he just sort of lets Jakoviti go, doesn't he? Um, why a centre-half is virtually unmarked at the at the back post? And even then, he volleys at home. It's not as though it's a header. It just drops in an area, um, courtesy of a, a Jason Naismith header, which, I've got to be honest, I thought he was initially kind of going for a goal, but it, ultimately it turns into the perfect layoff uh, for for Jakoviti to, to slam home unmarked. So, yeah, United definitely got a, a lot to be desired there for me. Okay, we've got one more sort of battle to, uh, for safety um, to talk about, which is Motherwell versus Kelly. Motherwell are safe, but but Kelly Kelly aren't. Um, let, let's look at that game. Uh, should Kelly have had a penalty? It, it hits Stephen O'Donnell's arm, definitely, but I don't feel as though there's an awful lot that he can really do. His body's not really in an unnatural position, and Given Alan Power is, or Alan Power's um, proximity to him, like how close he is um, when striking it against his arm, I, I don't feel as though there's a lot that Stephen O'Donnell can really do in that instance. To be honest, yeah, no, I would, I would totally agree with that. You know, it's, arms aren't sort of, I wouldn't say they're an unnatural position. You know, really out wide or whatnot. They're sort of tucked into his body in a way, and there's not much you can do about that. Especially as you say how how close sort of Power is to him, so. For me, that's not a penalty, but you know, who knows with football and these handball rules nowadays. Yeah, no, I'm, I, I have to agree with you. I don't think it was a penalty. I'm not sure much of what Stephen O'Donnell could have could have done, um, but you know, you you do see those those kind of ones given, so it's always good to ask. Um, let's move on to the goal then by Devante Cole, or uh, should it be called Devante Goal because he's just on form. We we scoring at the minute. I can hear Adam almost wanting to hit me for for hitting out with part like that. Am I am I right? Just a just a little sigh to myself, yeah. Yeah, I thought I that. the exact same sigh. Let's let's talk about the goal. Um, should should Kelly do better? It was a great finish by Devante Cole, but but could the defence be a, a little bit better there? It seems like there's sort of a bit of a, a mix up that goes too long, you know, and he's trying to get in front, and then it's sort of just the ball falls free, and it's I think it's a great finish from Cole, you know, even. He's obviously had a big impact in the game, and I thought he was brilliant for both goals. And there probably is a bit more they could do in terms of intercepting it straight away and not sort of getting that mix up. But as I say, it's a great finish from Cole to tuck it away in the bottom corner. Yeah, I definitely go along with that. Um, I I just feel as though it's fortunate. There's nothing fortunate about the finish, given the way he opens mm-hmm. up the body and just slots it away. But a wee bit fortunate to receive what's essentially 
a layoff from Ross Millen um, with with it's kind of the right back tackle. Um, so listen, he, he tucks it away superbly. Um, but I don't know. I, I feel as though Kelly, they're at sixes and sevens really at the back. To be honest, I don't. I don't really know what's going on. Yeah, no, I I agree with that, and I I personally think it's good defending. I think they they should have done a, a lot better, um, especially considering they're in the position that they are. They're in eleventh place. They need to shore up that back line if they're you know they have any serious intention of of staying in the league. Um, see their frustration as well, couldn't you? As soon as it had gone in, I think it's it might well be Alan Power running back with his arms. Just he just looked absolutely furious, um, and and quite rightly so, given. The standard of goal. Should Kelly have had a, a foul just before Stephen O'Donnell scored? Um, it was Broadfoot. He was out on the uh, the left hand side, but he, it seemed like he was pushed to the the floor. The referee obviously didn't give it. Should should that have been a foul? Do you think, Adam? I mean, Devante Cole gets a wee touch on the ball, doesn't he? <laughs> down down in the corner. Um, but I can certainly see why why Kelly and Broadfoot in particular were were protesting. Um. A little bit soft for me, to be honest, if it does get given. Um, again, it's one of those where, due to the, the inconsistency of Scottish referees, um, there's every chance. Lewis, what, what about yourself? I actually thought it was good refereeing. You know, I don't know how many times you see a, sort of, a defender a bit under pressure taking the ball in sort of the corner, and then you see them sort of lean across and go down, and they buy a free kick off the striker, and it's, it's sort of lazy, lazy defending from, from the front. Man, sometimes would just like sort of barges into them and, and give them that foul. But I just thought it was, I don't think it was a foul. And you could see, I think, Broadfoot's reaction, he was, he was angry to say the least. But, um, no, I thought, I just Adam mentioned he sort of gets a wee touch on the ball, and I thought it would have been soft to give a free kick. So I would actually say good referee. I he was furious, wasn't he, Broadfoot? Honestly, <laughs> yeah, he got booked for it as well. But I don't like to see things that like I like to see passion from players, but. You know, in, in that instance, Kilmarnock are, are one nil down at the at the time. You know, he should spend his time getting back into position and not throwing balls and getting needless bookings. It's it's just not what you you want to see, in my opinion. Um, Stephen O'Donnell then went on to to score for um Motherwell, which uh, you know shared up the the three points. It you know leaves Kilmarnock in a bit of a desperate situation, two points off of of bottom. Two games to go. Do you feel like this might be? A little bit troubling for for Tommy Wright. I know we spoke last week and saying that we would expect Kilmarnock to get out of it, but to get beat and for Hamilton to win, it surely puts their their position in in real jeopardy. Um, Adam, no, it, it definitely does. I think I think the only consolation that Kilmarnock can take is if they can keep Kyle Lafferty fit. I know he was obviously started this match, um, didn't against St Mirren in the cup. I think if they can get Kyle Lafferty fully fit, then he ultimately could prove the difference. Um, mm. I think they'd much rather occupy that playoff place. It, it goes without saying. Um, and I feel as though, having watched a fair bit of the championship, that they probably would get the better of you know, any of the three sides that are currently occupying the, the championship playoff places. So it's absolutely imperative that they don't finish bottom first and foremost. And obviously, ideally, they, they want to avoid the playoffs, but Ultimately, it's a it's a safety net, isn't it? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, let's move on. Livingston versus Aberdeen. Um, should Levy have had a penalty in this one? Again, it's, uh, I think these decisions are always uh, disputed. Isn't they? And it's Scottish football, so we're we're going to talk about them. And I think for me, it was maybe again a wee bit soft and 
maybe not a penalty. You know, you, you'll always get sat opposite sides of the situation when it comes to maybe Livingston fans think that is a penalty and Aberdeen fans sort of disputing it. But for me, again, I thought it was a it wouldn't it wouldn't be a penalty, it'd be a bit so. What about yourself, Adam? I've got to be honest. I, I don't feel as though the replays did a, a great effort yeah, of showcasing the, well. the potential handball. So I, I couldn't really tell you. But from the various shouts, the Livy players seem furious. So that's a bit of an indication, isn't it? Could Strike do better for Aberdeen's first goal? I actually think he makes a good save originally. You know, the header comes in, and mm. I think any keeper will say will always be critical of themselves and say I could have done better. Maybe he could have pushed it a bit wide. So maybe as his fault, but I would also say, partly, I think you've got to put some blame on the Livingston defence as well. When situations like that, you've you've got to follow in and follow him in and try and help the keeper out because he has made a save in the end. And again, maybe he could he'll feel that he could have pushed it a bit wider, but this, uh, the Livingston defence need to follow that. And so. what about yourself, Adam? Yeah, again, agree. I, I just feel as though it's a, a typical poacher's goal, um, Callum Hendry's for me. It, he seems to just be in the right place at the right time has to be lurking for the type of save that Strychek ultimately makes from, from Conor McLennan, I think it is. So, again, defending leaves a, a lot to be desired. That seems to be a, a kind of common theme this weekend. Um, but I guess we've got to, to praise Callum Hendry, given ultimately he's in the right spot and, and tucks it away accordingly. Lewis, you mentioned the defence for Livingston at Aberdeen's first goal. Uh, is it poor defending for their second? Yeah, I think same again. I think Camberry's involved as well, and it's just you see Hedges runs onto it completely free. You know, I think it's a, a brilliant finish because sometimes you see when somebody plays a ball across, you hit a shot and it can be ballooned over the bar or something. But he's kept it down, got over it, and finished it well. But again, it's sort of the marking. They just sort of let him run free into the box and string it away. What about yourself, Adam? Talking about the marking there, and ultimately Cam Berry's just allowed so much time to sort of pick his pass, isn't he, as well? Um, I, I actually feel as though Strychek could probably do better for Ryan Hedges' goal in comparison to, to Callum Hendry's. Um, but it is a great finish from a player who, I'm convinced, I thought his season was over through injury. Mm. So, some way to mark your return. Um, and for me, he's probably Aberdeen's best player on his day. Um, like I say, it's, it's good work from Cam Berry, who ultimately... I think Livy can prevent the, the cross first and foremost um, mm. and then Hedges gets a, a free run at it doesn't he so they're bound to be disappointed but it's probably a testament or sorry probably a, an indication of Livy's performances in the past weeks and months or so I think it's you know Ryan Hedges I think it's his first game in, in 12 you know so you know what a way to mark your return that secures Aberdeen fourth place Um, not that you know, I, I don't think it was ever in danger considering they're, what, I think they're 12 points clear um, or, or were before the game started. The Jet scored for, for Livingston, J. Emmanuel Thomas. He's on a roll now. Do you expect him to be at Livingston next season or will Livingston look to, to get him off for as much money as he can, uh, Lewis? I'm not sure in his contact situation. I've got a feeling maybe it would be up at the end of the season, but I could be wrong on that one. So it depends whether he wants to extend his stay or if he can go elsewhere. But again, he could have a so a contract extension means that Olivia could get some money, but with the goal, I think it's great technique. You know, the ball comes across, and it just—it's not even like one of these volleys that he smashes. He sort of uses the inside of his foot and places it in a way in the far corner. It's great technique, and you know, another great goal to go down for uh, J. Emmanuel Thomas. What about yourself, Adam? Yeah, I, I like the big man. Um, I think it's it's four goals in three games now. It's just a shame that none of these have, have come in a win um, because obviously he scored a brace in the cup um, against Aberdeen before the, knock, the Dons knocked them out. There was 
obviously the league defeat now to Aberdeen, um, and I think it was uh, the loss to Hibs um, at Easter Road last midweek. So, yeah, I feel for him in a sense. Um, I, I feel as though he probably will extend his stay at Livingston, given they've sort of given him the platform to to reemerge, if you like, because um, he sort of. I know he was always kind of held in high regard when he was breaking through at Arsenal or whatever, um, but seemed to kind of to lose his way. Um, and Livingston just appeared to be the, the perfect place for him. Is he a player you would take at Hearts? Potentially. Potentially. Hearts have got yeah. some good striker options though, don't they? Well, a little bit light in that area, given think... it's only Big Nandwili and Liam Boyce, yeah. Yeah, sure, sure, I suppose it does. Yeah, for, for me, probably, he's a like for like for Big, big Nando, mm-hmm. isn't he? So, <laughs> yeah, I, I probably would. Hibernian versus St Johnston. I was um, on a podcast last week and um, I was being asked about who would be the three players that I would take into the Scotland team. And um, the person that I was on the podcast with, he said Ryan Porteous. And I said, no, not for me. I'm I'm not a fan of Ryan Porteous at all. And um, I'm really glad I said that because... Lo and behold, he rocks up to Easter Road on Saturday, and what on earth is he doing, by the way? What what on earth is that for defending? He's passed it straight to, I think it was Glenn Middleton. Jack Ross must have been pulling his hair out, because that is utterly pathetic defending, and we, uh, as Scotland, uh, have bad enough issues in defence with centre-backs uh, over the time that, that we don't need to add another one that can make... Uh, a stupid and simple mistake as, as that was. What are your thoughts, Adam? It's literally sort of the golden rule, isn't it? As a young defender, yep. do not pass across the box. I, I, I can't I can't work out what's going on in, in his head. Does he feel as though it's going to just be played out to the right flank? Has he just not chucked enough power into it? It just... I don't know what he's doing. Even then, sort of how it comes even inside is, is just beyond me and it should just be a, a hoof up the park um, just clear your lines get it out of there but like you say just a, a, a total lapse in, in concentration and logic you'd say mm. I think he must have still seen sort of Middleton in his hip shirt for the, the loan spell he had there or something like that because that's the only thing I can sort of think of like as you say Adam the one thing you get sort of taught as a defender when you're younger is do not pass across the box especially in that situation but he just goes and pretty much lays on a plate from Should McCart have had a penalty? See in those situations it's always I think it's quite tough and with Scottish football you can never know what's sort of thrown up with these decisions but it's very good feet for him but I feel as though what can McGinn sort of do in that situation he sort of just stood still so it's always tough when you see those sort of fouls you know because the defender's never sort of going to jump out of the way or get out of the way so it's such a tough one for the for the, to, to call to be honest for me what about yourself Adam? I don't think there's a, a great deal in it for me to be honest it's interesting that he's up there um, and it's, it's <laughs> fantastic <laughs> yeah it's fantastic uh, footwork from the big man um, but I just feel as though he's looking to buy a potential foul to me um, he just looks as though he's sort of running into Paul McGinn in the hope that you know, it'll give Saints a spot kick that ultimately doesn't arrive. So I, th- I think mm. the officials got it right on this occasion. No, I, I actually agree with you on that. I think he, he was looking for it. He, he ran into to McGinn, as you say. So no, I agree with that. Um, should Hibs have had a penalty? Um, I think David Witherspoon's challenge is well-timed, to be honest. I, I, th- I just feel as though, again, it's kind of more Hibs's shouts is more in desperation for a, the chance of a potential equaliser. So... 
not not for me. Not not in my book. I, I don't think either penalty claims were were penalties. Okay. Uh, what about yourself, Liz? No, yeah, I definitely go along with what Adam said. You know, he's sort of, maybe the Hibs, some of the Hibs players have just seen him sort of dive in at the last minute to try and nick the ball, which I think he has done. That it's, it wouldn't be a penalty for me. Um, let's move on then to the biggest derby in world football. I'm going to say Rangers versus Celtic at Ibrox. A, a disaster for Celtic, if if you're being honest. Um, Lewis, what was your thoughts before the game, going into the game? What were you thinking? How did you think it would go compared to how it actually went? I'm not sure. Well, what you'd expect for Celtic this season in these games isn't much, and I think that's what, that's exactly what we got. You, the last few, created a, a few good, actually good chances, but you just don't take them and. And Rangers do, and I think that it was a bit of the same yesterday, but also maybe a better performance from Rangers in it in this one because I didn't think they performed amazingly in the cup in the cup game, but they took their chances and got through. But I actually thought they they were better yesterday afternoon. Sort of a scoreline, a performance that you weren't surprised by. Uh, Adam, I am surprised by by the scoreline, perhaps, um, given like Lewis sort of touched on there, Rangers haven't really needed to be at their best. I don't think to, to get the better of Celtic this season. Um, but that being said, I I just feel as though the Celtic performance is is up there with certainly probably the worst Celtic performance I can recall in, in a in a good wee while. Um, which you pair might sort of disagree with, given your discontent regarding the season. But for me, that was yeah, just just not acceptable, particularly in a derby. Um, and to be honest, as much as Rangers might want to go the, the league season undefeated. I feel as though there was a bigger incentive for Celtic to go out and stop them than when you look at the season that Celtic have had ultimately, they have been um mauled by Sparta Prague eight two. Sparta Prague rocked up to Celtic Park and won four one. Celtic then went to Prague looking for revenge and got absolutely trounced four one. I I thought that okay, those two performances are the worst games of the season but isn't it just typical of Celtic to say well no got one more for you and uh, wouldn't it have to just be against your your most fiercest rivals I said going into the game yesterday I thought Celtic would win 3-1 I I felt that they would have the sort of incentive as you mentioned Adam to go and and stop Rangers and you know prevent them from becoming invincible and, and you don't put a halt to it and you know the team that John Kennedy named Barr one or two I thought is is a strong team I never once imagined that that Rangers would would tear Celtic apart similar to what Celtic have done to Rangers in the past four or five years I I didn't see it it's it's been an unbelievable fall from grace and people can hit out with excuses of, of Covid or saying that this Rangers team aren't that great and you know try to play it down the the sad reality of it is is Rangers haven't been at their best and have won the league by 26 points as it stands and they're you know they've not been at their best this Celtic team uh regardless of the success that they've had over winning four quadruple trebles uh, an invincible season all that it's the weakest Celtic team I've seen in a while in in terms of this season it really really is this team just they look absolutely devoid of any confidence of any sort of you know mentality where has that 
winning mentality that Rodgers instilled into them in 2016. Where's that gone? How is that gone so quickly? When you talk about falls from grace, you know, how can a team be so high up and be so good, fall that far and that fast? I, I can't put my finger on it. Uh, to exactly what the issue has been. There's certainly been culprits of it. Uh, Neil Lennon, uh, Peter Lawwell, you know, talking about players haven't performed this season. Ryan Christie, Scott Bain, Laxalt, Kenny. Lee Griffiths is a big one for me. He's, he's not been here. He's not been fit. Because when, when I'm looking at Celtic from the outside, I felt as though they were much more of a threat with he and Edward up front. Um, and the fact mm. that this sort of fitness issue regarding Lee Griffiths has gone on for as long as it has. Mm-hmm. That to me, I, I just I can't fathom it whatsoever, um, and ultimately, I just don't feel as though Celtic are as much of a threat offensively with solely Edwards, sort of El Yunusi. Obviously, James Forrest has been out for a good length of time as well, so I think you're starting to realise how big a player he is for Celtic as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like you said, it, it just does not look as though it's the same team for me. There's a couple of players this season that will get pass marks for me. And the players will be Mohamed El Yunusi, uh, Christopher Ayer, and um, James Forrest. And the reason James Forrest gets a, a bye is because uh, he, he's been injured; he's not been here. But when he has been here, um, I, th- I think he's I think he's he's improved. I think he's made Celtic better. Um, so he gets a bye. Turnbull, no? I Turnbull. Was well, yeah. I was going to get to that. Um, I'd, I'd maybe give Stephen Welsh one as well, just because he's coming at the side at such a difficult stage, and. I'd... I think he's actually looked solid for the most part, to be honest. I, I will agree with that, but uh, he's he's had some some moments of mm-hmm. of sort of you know that are cause for concern. Look at yesterday; we'll touch on that in a second. Mm-hmm. But I, I think Turnbull, Forrest, El Yunusi, and I are, are the only ones that are getting past fa- marks for me. And had Callum McGregor not got himself sent off needlessly yesterday, I would have perhaps considered them. But it's for someone that is due to become the Celtic captain in the summer because Christopher Ayer isn't going to be there. He's too good for Celtic. He's not going to be there. Odson Edward isn't going to be there. Uh well you would at least you would think he wouldn't, considering the performances gave as of late, you wouldn't see anyone coming in for him because he's he's not been that great. So when you look at Callum McGregor, he's your next notable option for captain and he's went in and been as ridiculous as he was yesterday, you know, under Brendan Rodgers, Celtic got one player sent off in 12 derby games. You know, this season, they've had two players sent off in five. It, it boggles my mind how someone with the experience of Callum McGregor can make the ch- the cynical and ridiculous challenges that he did. And the only buy that I will give to him um, for the challenges is that he shouldn't have been sent off yesterday. And... I will explain why I think this. The first challenge was ridiculous and the most cynical challenge you will ever see, right? I, it's a booking. I can accept that. The second one on Kamara, and you're, you're going to think here, how can he not be sent off when I'm about to say what I'm going to say, is in normal circumstances, that challenge on Glenn Kamara is a booking, right? So in normal circumstances, that would be a sending off. The referee played advantage and Rangers scored. According to the IFAB, uh, which are in control of the laws of the game. For the 2020-21 season, there was a new law change, and it said if the referee plays advantage uh, for an offence which interfered with or stopped a promising attack, the caution, yellow card, is not issued. So he shouldn't have been sent off by the, the laws of the game, if if we're uh, taking it from that aspect. So, you know, I'm, I... I, I 
I think you know that that's the only let off he'll get for that is that he by the rules of the game shouldn't have been sent off. I don't know what you guys um will will think on that. Uh, I I don't actually. I'm not sure if that's the case. I seen there was a, a referee online sort of last night trying to clear that up, but I know the the rules sort of seem confusing. But uh, I'm not too sure. For me, I still thought it was a right off series. It probably doesn't need to be cleared up officially, but I did think it was a, a signal, and I, I wasn't aware of this, of this rule at, it, at that point. It, it 100% was a second yellow card. There, there's no doubt about it. It was a stupid challenge from him. You know, it was reckless, it was inexperienced, and it was a second yellow card. But if we are talking about the laws of the game, it's not a red card. It's not a, it's not a sign that he shouldn't be sent off for it because the advantage has been played. No, I was under that impression as well because surely if it, if the referee does warrant a sending off, then Rangers get a free kick on the on the edge of the area. Was oh, was my was, was my thing. Um, it seems so, like it's a sort of touchy area that needs to be cleared up, I think, because there seems to be people pointing out that it's not a rubber. But I suppose that's that's the laws of the game, isn't it? Nothing's nothing's easy with nothing is is easy with the laws of the game. It's all so. It's designed to make your head hurt, but <laughs> if we're speaking factually, sh- should he have been sent off? No, because it's the laws of the game. Do we think he should have been sent off in normal circumstances had Probably. Rangers not scored? 100%, because yeah. it was stupidity from Callum McGregor, and someone that is due to become captain shouldn't be making stupid mistakes like that. And um, it, it really, really shows to me how much this team has regressed since Brendan Rodgers left, that a player of Callum McGregor's calibre is doing stupid things like that. Um, we spent a lot of time on that. Let's let's move on. The, the actual goal came our roof. Sort of a bit of a funny one. Michael Stewart will be loving the biomechanics of it. Um, <laughs> what's your thoughts, Lewis? Yeah, it's, it's sort of one as you, it comes from sort of the the tackle, and it just it's actually very, I think it's very clever for a roof. You know. He doesn't just let it hit off his body, he sort of chests it towards goal as well, so he sort of motions it. So I think it was a clever play from him to sort of get it home in, in the wrong foot, Scott Bain, and open the scoring for Rangers. So it was, yeah, clever play and a good open goal. Should, that part. Um, sorry, should Scott Bain be doing better for that goal? I think if there's another goal, I think we'll speak about it, he could do better. That one I would maybe be reluctant because if it sort of gets wrong footed, you know, it would be maybe a bit harder to, to jump across the other side. Okay. It's down solely to, to Roof's improvisation that he doesn't get there, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, should Rangers do better to stop Odson Edward for the second uh, for Celtic's only goal of the game? I think they will be disappointed to concede from a set piece. You know, so solid defensively this season for the most part. And I just think Ayers header isn't even the best. I think he's trying for somebody of Ayers height and stature, I think he's dreadful from set pieces, you know, whether that be going forward or defending. So he sort of headers it and I thought it looked like it was a bad header but he heads towards Edward and he, he taps home. So again it's sort of this marking that they will be disappointed with conceding a goal like that. Okay. Um what about yourself, Adam? Yeah, no, I, I, I totally echo Lewis's thoughts. I, I actually thought it came off Edward's shoulder. It doesn't appear to be the, the cleanest contact, so that's bound mm. to be a frustration for Rangers as well and Given the lack of goals that they have conceded at Ibrox, um, that's probably the most annoying one that they have all season. But ultimately, in the grand scheme of the game, it means you know deadly squat. Yeah, no, I love I love that scene. <laughs> um, for Rangers' second goal scored by Morelos, um, 
it seems to have sort of found his, his footing in the derby now. Uh, that's two two goals in the last three games that they've played. It's not something you see often, Alfredo Morelos scoring against Celtic, but he, he has done it. Um, when you look at it, it was a great goal. Uh, you know, great power into it. However, I, I think it's one of those where it, it could have been prevented. Um, Scott Brown got sent for the morning newspaper by Morelos. Uh, Christopher Iyer ducked out of the way. And uh, Scott Bain was just too short, as, as simple to put it. Um, and he got beat at his near post. What was your thoughts? I think he's pretty much summed up there, you know, the fact that I think at one point he sort of beats Brown and then there's like three or four Celtic players around him, but he's still like, getting that shot off in the box. It's just not good enough on the defensive side of things. And then you, you've you got to try and hope that your keeper bails out. But then it goes in just above him when realistically you would be expecting your keeper to save it. I know, like, as you mentioned, it's got it's great strength, a lot of power, but see, in that situation where, where the sort of ball ends up, I'd be expecting my keeper to try and get some hands on that at least. It's just, just you know where near me. Adam? No, it's absolutely dreadful defending. And I know that there was a massive hoodoo with Alfredo Morelos in this fixture, but ultimately, to allow a centre-forward of that calibre um, inside as easily... I mean, Scott Brown's got to do a lot more for me. The mm-hmm. fact that he just totally dismisses them as though he's not even there. Christopher Iyer can pull out much quicker than he, than he does. Um, and yeah, Scott Scott Bain's beaten at his near post, so three culprits for a very preventable goal. The that's what really arced me about Scott Bain yesterday is how you get beat at your near post. That is goalkeeping one oh one, that is basic stuff. And the simple fact and reality of it is is he's too short, he's too small. Had he been six foot seven and the size of uh, Fraser Forster I still would not have put my money on him saving that because you know what he doesn't have any goalkeeping ability. He's absolutely woeful, and you know we'll talk about the other goals that he he went on to concede. Um, you know, honestly, I'm I can't think of a worse Celtic goalkeeper uh, that that has been given as much game time uh, as he has. You know, Celtic have had some great goalkeepers over the years. They've had Fraser Forster, they've had Craig Gordon. Adam's loving the fact I've said that. Uh, they've had Arthur Boric. Of you know, uh, even going before that, you had Rab Douglas and go, you had Brotto, uh, Jonathan Gould, David Marshall. Celtic have had some decent goalkeepers, um, to say to say the very least. Out of all all of them, Scott Bain is the worst. You then look at fringe goalkeepers that Celtic have had. You you know you've had Bay, you've had Zaluska, you've had you've had um, Doris De Vries. Scott Bain is the worst of the lot. He is the uh, worst of the lot. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about that. That's just my take on it. Maybe, maybe I was being harsh, uh, but I genuinely, I, I, I don't think. I, I think he's worse than than guys like Z- Lucas Zaluska, De Vries. Um, I don't have disrespect on Zaluska's name. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I didn't mind Lucas Zaluska. Um, <laughs> I think that was my shout on Gogsy's stream, wasn't it? I think yeah, I think he, I think he did quite well with Dundee United. So, you know, no, no hate towards him, but you know, Scott Bain, honestly, I, tell you he was a... I can't even remember him, mate. So it tells you how how good he was. I, I just honestly, I, I think Celtic's biggest problem this season has been the goalkeeping issue, and I'm, and you know, I, I said this on Twitter yesterday that had that been Barkas and goal. 
he would have been vilified and he would have been hounded back to Greece. And people can say, yeah, well, look, he's not had the greatest season. You know, he's made some errors himself. I can accept that. However, Barkas has not been given enough game time for me to give a, a full and valid evaluation of his performances. Could he have done better in the games that he played? Yeah, I don't doubt it. But are we going to write someone off that cost five million? I'm not willing to do that. I, I don't think that I, there's enough evidence to suggest. I don't think he wants to either. I think there seems to be a suggestion that he doesn't want to go back to Greece. Hmm. I think he wants to prove his point. I think he should be you know, given game to prove his point. And if Scott Bain is in a Celtic jersey ever again, you know, I, I really, really, really have to question the management and uh, the way that this club is heading, that they believe Scott Bain is Celtic's number one. It is mind-boggling. Um, I, I don't want to go on off on him too more because I hate vilifying people, but oh my god, he makes the job really easy. Roof grabbed the second goal of the game, but Celtic leave a lot to be desired in defending. Um, the, it's the only sort of goal that I'll give Scott being credit for that I, uh, you know, that I don't think he, he could have done better on because I think it was point blank range that Roof hit that header from. However, the defending from Celtic was amateurish. It was schoolboy, and they let a man run right off them. I, I can't understand it. It's basic. What did you think, Lewis? Yeah, that, that's exactly it. I think it just a lot to see a lot of these goals and moments in this game. It just sums up Celtic season, you know. Roof just seems to pick up the ball, edge of the box, space out wide, and then he can just go stick to the box free and head to home, you know. It's absolutely amateur defending and a lot of what we've been seeing for most of this season. Uh, Adam, what about yourself? Yeah, I, I was actually trying to remember the goal. Um, and it's sort it's of like... so many. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not that. It's just... It's like one of those sort of attacking drills that players might yeah, that's Yeah, exactly, that's great what, way to sum up. You know, it's like, what? The, I'm never going to get this in a game, but ultimately <laughs> he has. You know, he, he pushes it out wide to, to uh, Borna Barisic. Lovely return ball, and he makes a run that just... I, I can't fathom how he remains unmarked the entire time. Not, not a single soul anywhere near him. And it's just so easy. And again... It basically is exactly that, an attacking drill that's ultimately played out in a game situation for once. It's yeah. That it was one from the training ground. You're a professional footballer and that's happening to you. You're sort of thinking, what, you know, what on earth are we doing here? Um, Jermaine Defoe turned the, you know, the, the inexperienced Stephen Welsh inside out and you know, very Jermaine Defoe-esque goal. It was a, it was a nice wee finish from him. Um, could Stephen Welsh have done better? I, I don't. I, I think he could have done better, but I think Sorrow sold the sold him short in terms of when he passed the ball to Ryan Christie. I think it was. You can decide who made the mistake. Was it Sorrow's pass or was it Christie for not reading it? But Stephen Welsh um, found himself wrong-footed, which allowed Jermaine Defoe to to get in uh, and about him. Um, so I'm not too sure if I can really give him sort of any stick for that but what do you think Lewis? Yeah, I'd say it's probably quite a, I don't expect Defoe to be at Rangers next season so it's probably quite a, a fitting end to get to get a goal in this fixture and so I'd finish that game off but I'd probably go along with what you're saying you know it's, it was a dreadful day for defending it at Celtic, Celtic point of view and Defoe sort of just Kind of inside out to be honest, and sits him down as well, sitting Bain down. But it's just, uh, I just 
can't, I don't have words to describe that defensive performance as a whole, to be honest, because it was just dreadful and just shocked how many teams have seen it this season. Uh, Adam? I think Defoe's goal is sort of a boy up against a man, really, mm-hmm. for me. Just just knowing he, or using his know-how, his experience to, to get the better of an inexperienced defender. And it's fitting that we've got Lewis on, because I was going to ask, it seems for all kind of my um, guessing from the outside that Jack Hendry probably will be one of the first names on the team sheet at centre-half, given that Ayer will probably leave and probably an upgrade on, on Stephen Welsh. Would that be fair, Lewis? Uh, I think it all depends on what is that. Ustender have openly admitted they're trying to buy Hendry and I think they're very keen to do so. So it's up to Hendry if he wants to come back or stay there. At the weekend, he's just picked up a, a quite a bad knock. You know, He had to go off injured. So just imagine that could be a bit of a blow for him for the Euros. So it's still to be seen how that is. But if he was to come back, you'd have to think by default, he will be a starting centre-half. Do I think he'll be good enough? I'm still not sure on that. I think Ustend in Belgium are exactly what suits. Uh, they've given him a, a role and he's played it really well. At Celtic, I think he'd have quite a lot of responsibility and even more pressure considering the amount of defensive mistakes this season. So I, I, th- I think it'd be, it would be heavily re- relied upon and it might be even worse for him in terms of the, the backlash from Celtic fans if that was to happen. I think that sentence... The fact, or sort of the fact that he could cement his place at Celtic, mm-hmm. given he'd been written off by so many, myself included, highlights how poor Celtic actually are at the back or have been at the back. Eddie Howe, see if you're sitting there watching that game, are you telephoning your agent saying, "No, I don't want any part of this"? Because see, for me, see if it was me and I was Eddie Howe, I would be saying, "Find me something down in England and do it now." I do not want to go near that job. In a way, I do see that point of view, but at the same time, I see a blank canvas of a club who are still going to have a sort of, they've still got the chance of getting European football and probably quite actually, they're probably quite lucky it's a bit higher with the sort of drop down Champions League, Europa League and then Conference League. So in a way, I think when it comes to somebody like Eddie Howe, there will be pressure on him, but also I think there'll be less pressure in terms of if he doesn't win next season, I think a lot of fans will look to last season and say, this is all sort of misplanned. Mm. And he has a blank canvas to come in and, and build his own sort of squad. What about yourself, Adam? I think on one hand, he's probably looking and thinking, I really wish Roy Hodgson would hurry up his retirement. <laughs> or looking at the Newcastle scores extra carefully in case Steve Bruce gets the bullet. Um, but that being said, I think a club of Celtic's prestige, if you can go in, transform them into title winners, you know, trying to go toe-to-toe with Europe's best and you're held in high regard by the fans, chances are that probably means a lot more than mid-table obscurity in, in the Premier League, despite all the money that it may bring. So Celtic's a, a, a more attractive job than, than the two clubs I'm sort of touting there. Um, but it, it's sort of the, the allure of England, isn't it? The, the fantasy land with all the money. So it's either... Get his career going again at a decent level, um, and ultimately the, the highest level with the, the Champions League, mm. um, or settle for the Premiership in some respects. I think Eddie Howe is definitely a smart man, and one man who I've spoke to is Brendan Rodgers because it's clear I think they've got a good relationship from what we've seen in the past. And for all that Rodgers might have done the club wrong or whatever, you what you can talk about that. For, that's a whole nother 
particular topic himself. I think Rogers well laid out from and told him what you can do at a club like Celtic, like he did, came in. Now look at his stock, he's up up there for sort of getting named Tottenham and clubs like that. So I think he will have spoke to Rogers and he maybe he can be a man that plays a key part in this. Okay, Doc. I think that's probably the best place to end it. Um, thanks very much to Lewis and Adam for coming on. A really great chat about all the weekend's action across the Scottish Premiership. We will be back next Monday from 4pm on Spotify, iTunes and Google Podcast.